To probably science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm by myself. I'm in Melbourne, and he's, I think, in Vietnam. I don't know where he is. He's he's somewhere traveling. Uh, I'm in the apartment of Carl Chandler. Do you say Chandler or Chandler? Chandler. Cause Chandler. It's, it's, yeah, because I'm Australian. Yep. The uh, the very Australian Melbourne comedian, comedy promoter, podcast host, host of Little Dum Dum Club, which is Australia's podcast. Is it? I don't know. I yeah. know, you've got another one now. There's like one or two others. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There's a lot. There's a lot now. We used to be the only one, sort of, but now there's a heap. Now people have, people looked at us and went, how come those fucking idiots are getting so many people listening? <laughs> Surely we can do whatever and, and get people listening. And, and it's true. Yeah, a lot of people have got other listeners now. It's not just us. Uh, but it's going okay, yeah. But uh, but thank you for having me on this one because, well, uh, well I guess you got desperate and you didn't know any other podcasters. That's that's completely true. No, I, I've, got, I've got the portable setup. This there's going to be a little echoier than the normal podcast because I'm just using the little Zoom recorder. But yeah, no, I, I haven't. I don't remember the last time we were in the same place. Yes, and I like you, and I've wanted you on the show for a long time. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, because you that would have been five or six years ago, I guess. Now I think it was yeah. when I was last out here, which would have been at least five years ago. Yeah, yeah, maybe right. seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was a bit worried about coming on this thing because it's science, which I don't really have a great affinity with. Um, and I was trying to think of, like, even doing science in school. And I don't know, how early did you do science when you, like, in, um, you know, do you call it primary school? Yeah, I think you, I think you do it right from the beginning, don't you? Did you not? Cause well, I, I didn't, no. Okay, go on. Yeah, I, I think we got introduced in grade six, so I wouldn't have been... What age is grade six? Like, ten, I think. Oh, because I'm pretty sure what, right from... Very shortly after nursery, they pretty much, for us, they'll go like, you know, it's not advanced science, but it's like, this is a leaf. Right, right. Well, to don't be honest... find other leaves. To be honest, I grew up in a country town, so they didn't, didn't so, teach us English until I was eight. Right. So, yeah. And um, also you had leaves down, so they didn't need yeah, to teach you Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was trying to think, yeah, so I didn't do anything sort of science until grade six till I was ten years old, but I remember that the first day we had it, it was like, oh, like I wasn't a bad student when I was 10 years old. I was, I was quite good. So the first test we ever had, I did quite well at it. And so right at that point, so I come from a country town, and we right on the same sort of day, we had this, this big group sort of thing where a big bunch of city kids came to stay at uh-huh. our small country town. And I got a really good result on this science test. And so they, they sort of joined us all up and went, you can look after this guy who's like a fucking genius from <laughs> Melbourne, this science genius, because you love science. You're the big science guy of this town now. Because I got one test. Well, I did well on one test. Right, you so, correctly identified the stick. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, that's the sun and that's the moon. Whoa, settle down Whoa, there, Oh, Einstein. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we got... Paired up. Keep that to this... yourself in case the other villagers burn you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. Pa- I got paired up with this this genius boffin from Melbourne. Um, and it's like, yeah, you guys are now the. Uh, you know, you, you have to stay together for the the rest of the time, or whatever. And then because I was so little into science, three days later he got moved. Like, no, uh, that didn't happen with anyone else, but he got reassigned because this guy, <laughs> I think this guy hung around me and was like, this cunt doesn't know anything. So he got moved off to another family. So I, I and it was like, do I get a replacement? No, no, no. So then I just had no one. You so, just didn't have a kid. Yeah. 
You couldn't even like share a kid with one or the other. No, no. Apparently, apparently, I wasn't trusted enough to do that. <laughs> so, so hopefully, I'm just I'm sort of trying to lower your expectations of my science. No, I, I, you you'll be far. I bet you're not even in the bottom ten least sciencey people that we've had on the show. Oh, great. Okay, I'd say. So, what happened, what did you learn when you when you actually started in grade six? Then, what did they? Oh, actually, geez. what age in Australia? What age do you stop having to do all the subjects? Oh, okay. So I think science becomes an elective maybe when you're in like year eight or year nine or whatever. So that's like, you know, when you're 12, 13, something like that. Oh, that's early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get away with not having to know much. So you only had to do it for sort of three years. Yeah. Yeah. Until it became one of those subjects like maths where I was like, fuck, I need to get away with this from these subjects. I need to do more art, more English, more stuff that I'm not going to absolutely go shit at. See, I was the opposite. I was really bad at writing when I was a student, so anything that involved essays... Oh, really? Yeah. That's that's funny, and then you've turned up doing this. And now I write for a living, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, you know what? Uh, uh, I did graphic design for a living for a long time before I got into comedy, and um, when I applied for stuff in uni, they're like, okay, how did you go in graphic design in you know, year 11, year 12, and I was like, oh, I didn't do it. Uh-huh. Like, okay, you're just applying to... This is your career, and you didn't even bother doing it in the last <laughs> couple of years. Yeah, that's right. I didn't, okay. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do in high school. I guess you can. So it's just part of art class? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah, I could do it. I just didn't do it. So, um, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing for a long time. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't get into comedy until I was, like, 30. So, yeah. Um, did you just do did you not have a job or did you just go straight into comedy because you were quite young weren't you I started doing stand up when I was still a student so I had I had kind of temp jobs and you know holiday jobs and stuff but not a career career no 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 I was I was sort of doing because also I I started stand up right in the middle of the boom in the UK right so I really only did about a year of unpaid work before I started to get just about enough to be able to yeah you know, live on, you know, you know live fairly meagerly, but yeah. within a couple of years, I was able to make a living off of it. Yeah, yeah, sure, right. So, yeah, well, so you worked as a graphic designer for... Yeah, I, I worked at the uh, the big, uh, the Australian Football League, you, you know, Aussie Rules Football. I'm aware of it. Yes, uh, so I worked there for, I worked a lot of book publishers uh for a long time um do you still do your graphic design for your comedy stuff for your yeah yeah i do less and less of it because i get busy but i used to do a bunch of it for other comedians and stuff like that posters and stuff yeah 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 then i run a bunch of comedy rooms in melbourne so i I do the it comes in very handy to be able to change everything up and not have to pay someone else to do it or whatever it is so i did that for a long time i um i worked for a book company for a while and it was and i got the sack from there Uh and um what was great about it was I got the sack and I didn't like the people there at all but uh, when I got the sack it was for very uh, it wasn't for a good reason they basically paid me off to leave they just didn't they didn't like me and um, they were trying to get me to leave and they're going and I said well I I don't have to leave because I haven't done anything wrong and they're like oh but you have and I'm like what what have I done and they're like oh fuck you've got me on a technicality (laughs) and so then they went back and tried to like find mistakes that I'd made and then gave me official warnings from something that I'd done six months ago and stuff and I'm like fucking alright guys so then anyway then I I agreed to leave and they paid me off I'm like okay fuck you know I I don't want to be somewhere I'm not wanted so I left but then I found out that I'd made this massive mistake uh-huh. And that's what they could have fired me from. But the mistake hadn't come up yet. So what had happened was I'd spelt something wrong on the cover of a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Oxford Dictionary. There was a typo on the Oxford Dictionary. So, um, what word did you spell wrong? I don't know. Fuck, I've got to. Because I, I did the horrible mistake of, you know, you just copy and paste the text that you've given, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I can spell properly. I'll just retype it out, and I did not spell something wrong. It wasn't dictionary. Oh, so their text was correct, and yes. you retranscribed I, it Yes. Right? Yeah. Brutal mistake. I don't know what the word was, but it wasn't, it wasn't Oxford, it wasn't dictionary. I know that. Uh, I'm going to move my laptop because the fan started to go and I don't want to get picked up in the mics. Um, I want to get this story. I should really find out who sent in each of the stories, but um, this story was sent in by uh, Justin Broad, who's an Australian, but he lives up the coast. But uh, six doctors swallowed and says pooped, but I hate that word. Six doctors swallowed and shat out Lego uh, minifigures so you don't have to. Right, okay. So, so earlier this year, six pediatric scientists decapitated six Lego mini... Would you call... Minifigures? They keep saying that. Like the little Lego people. Why are they just calling it Lego people? Yeah. And they swallow their heads to answer the question, how long does it take to poop a brick? Don't... Shit a brick. Have have the courage. (laughs) Yeah. And that's already a saying. Yeah. Easy. Just use shit a brick. Yeah. It's in there. You have that saying, shit a brick, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Lifescience.com and your cowardice. Uh, the answer is about two to three days. The researchers know this because they picked apart every... I hate the word poo as well. I know they can't just keep saying shit, yeah. but still. They they picked it apart after swallowing the heads until all the yellow faces were retrieved. It was published in the Journal of Pediatrics and Child Health in a in an article titled Everything is Awesome, Don't Forget the Lego. Oh, they have fun, those scientists. What is that? Is that, is that a play on word? I don't, I don't understand. What's... Everything is awesome... Is a reference to the Lego movie. Oh, and the okay. Theme song. Right. Okay. Don't forget the Lego. I don't know yeah, about. What's that a reference to? I don't know. Hmm. Listeners, probablyscience@gmail.com. Help us out here. What is that a reference to? Tweet us at probablyscience. It sounds like it should be a pun, but I don't get what it is. It does, doesn't it? Don't forget the Lego. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, so the these scientists. Yes. They swallowed the heads themselves. They did it themselves. Why? With so, everything else, don't you have other people to come in? You pay some sort of guinea pig to come in and do stuff. Why did they have to swallow themselves? I think this is just a thing of, like, they figure this is one where, like, often if you're testing stuff on other people, firstly, you can only test on yourself so much, and secondly, you test on people who have certain symptoms and you want to test them, and also, if you're doing a double-blind test, you want to know who... you. You want to be hidden from who's got the placebo and who's got the real one. And if you're involved in the study, you might have too much of an idea of what it would feel like to take the drug or whatever. Right. But this is... There's no placebo. There's no blinding here. It's just swallowing it. And I think they also figure they should probably do it themselves rather than asking. Right. Yeah, right. They probably just think, you know, we're on a budget this week. We don't need to spend unnecessary money on Lego shitting people. paying volunteers to... Although I bet if you put it out on the internet, you could probably find some people quite willing to... Oh, totally, surely. But, I mean, you know what? The swallowing is the easy bit. It's the going through your own shit. That's where yeah. you're earning your money, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think that's the... I think I think that's what the scientists have done. They've gone, why do we need someone else? I Swallowing Lego is easy. But then when they're taking the shit out of their fingernails, they're going, I should have allocated $50 yeah. for this. Or at the very least, worn gloves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's fucking heaps of backpackers out there that would go trawl through their own shit for plastic. Why the fuck did doctors... 
They should be stricken from the record immediately <laughs> because that's that's like a fucking IQ test right there. Yep, they did it though. Uh, oh, here's what Dr. Tessa Davis, who's one of them, said. This study was a bit of fun in the run-up to Christmas. Yeah, sounds like fun. But actually, we get children presenting to the emergency department every day with ingested foreign objects. According to a 2006 report in the journal Current Opinion in Pediatrics, about 100,000 people in the US ingest a non-edible object every year. About 80% of these cases occur in children aged 6 months to 3 years. Some swallowed objects like button batteries or someone else's medication can pose significant health risks that require swift medical intervention, but the most commonly swallowed objects, coins and tiny toy parts, often pass through the system without causing a disturbance. So da- but Davis said there's hardly any scientific literature looking at the precise effects of swallowed toys. Uh, so to fill that gap, Davis... <laughs> I, I, so I, this is what they're getting... Uh, yeah. They're getting at, what, just the amount of days it takes for the Lego to come out. Is that is that what it is? I think so. I think so. Oh, here... Jesus Christ. Because it's just the Lego head, isn't it? It's not the body It's not the full thing. It's not like a Lego structure. Yeah. It's just the head, which I guess is probably one of the easier things for a young child to swallow. Right. That would be way more interesting if it, if they'd swallowed the whole body. Because that's like a... That's an adventure. That's a that's like a movie. I think they should swallow multiple bodies and then have a race. Oh, yes! That first. Yes! Swal- that's exactly it. Swallow them in different orders and see if they come out in the same order if they cross somewhere in the stomach. Yeah, that should be the new cockfighting. That should be like a really <laughs> long-form cockfighting. Swallow two Lego men, red one and a blue one, and bet on red or blue. Yeah. It does feel like something people gamble on in prison. Yes! Yeah! Man, fuck. Do you have prison prisoner listeners on I the don't show? Know. I don't know if you're allowed to get podcasts in prison. That would also be a pretty dumb thing as well, though, like... Then you'd have to get someone to smuggle Lego men in a cake or whatever to get in there. And then you get a court and it's like, why have you got Lego? Because we wanted to make a race. Oh, fuck. Yeah, okay, like, don't. Put we, me in solitaire. It was for modelling. We weren't going to eat them and yeah. race, do yeah. shit races. <laughs> Lego shit races. Is that what it would be called? In fact, to be honest, I don't know why I even suggested that as a possibility. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a fucking genuinely good idea. It is. If you If you have any friends in prison who need to pass the time... And past the Lego people. Yeah. Because also that's 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 perhaps a little bit better than two different people swallowing a Lego man each and then having to watch them as they individually shit one out earlier. You know what right. I mean? I think. But I guess then again, if you shit you can possibly shit out two Lego men at the same time. And then it's just a I guess that's a one all draw and you have to start again. Yeah, well here's the other problem. Um I'm glad we're getting all the problems out of the way before we go out, before we put and it out really, the world. and launch this this <laughs> yes. awesome new sport. Before we start the league, and yeah. Before we put, before we reach out to sponsors, yeah, 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 yeah. Before we get this properly branded, let's let's troubleshoot <laughs> this before before Coca Cola come in and go. This is the problem we have with this. <laughs> exactly. No, don't get me wrong. We absolutely want to attach our name to this project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. However, we yeah. do have some reservations about. Here's First what, question: What when they come out? When you started with red and blue ones, they're both brown. What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> Rinse them off. All right, we're back on board. Yeah, yeah, great. Now, here's my problem, and this will particularly be in a prison setting. Uh, well, I guess in any setting, how do you avoid cheating? How do you avoid someone getting a spare red or blue Lego person oh. and inserting it? Fuck, that would be a desperate man to 
cheat at shit Lego racing though. <laughs> Fuck. That's that's low. That's fucking that's the lowest form of cheating you could do. That's you would be you'd be thinking Lance Armstrong's a fucking hero compared to the guy who, sh- who cheated at shit <laughs> Lego racing. Fuck. That's de- that's a desperate man. I get I but it's people in prison, I guess. Yeah. I I guess they've done worse <laughs> to get there. <laughs> You're getting time extended on your sentence for yeah. thumbing a blue Lego yeah. man up yourself. Yeah, totally. All right. push it out. So here's how they did it. In a coordinated event, each researcher swallowed a single smiling Lego head one morning. For the three days before that, each participant had kept a detailed stool diary to monitor the hardness and frequency of their bowel movements. To do so, they used a custom rating system they called, here we go, the Stool Hardness and Transit Scale. AKA Shat. Oh, well, there you go. So you can put that in the article. Yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. See the poo. So that's yeah, that's why they were using poop early on because if they didn't want to confuse you with two uses of the word shat. Oh, there that's you go. true. Yeah, yeah, so to distinguish between the past tense of the verb and yeah. the, the scale. So after swallowing the Lego heads, each researcher monitored and shat rated every bowel movement until each head was successfully retrieved on the other side. Brackets, with one exception. Hmm, interesting. All right. The, the story... So what they're saying is that they... What, is, is swallowing a Lego head affecting the rest of their shit? Is that what's happening? Well, I think that's what they wanted to... What they wanted to find out is how long does it take to pass through the system and does it affect the rest of your digestive process? Right. Uh, so the methods of retrieval were op- up to the participants. They choose between plastic bags tongue depressors and chopsticks so if they had have brought this case study in in grade 6 when I first got into science I would still have my Melbourne science buddy because I'd be <laughs> you fucking were... interested in science you'd be like I've, I think I've got this yeah yeah totally instead of instead of doing fucking chemicals and stuff if you're going to shit a Lego fuck grade 6 that is absolutely in your hitting zone <laughs> it really is so it took Davis who we mentioned earlier Dr. Davis only two bowel movements to recapture her Lego head which gave her a find and retrieval time, a.k.a. fart score. Oh, nice. Right? Of I, I'm, going to assume, I'm going to assume that some of these have been reverse engineered. <laughs> they really have. This is a common theme in science in general. This has come up on the podcast quite a lot of the very contrived acronyms that right. science people have come up with. Right. This is, this is where they get their kicks, the scientists, they, apart from swallowing... Lego heads. It is 100% something that a certain proportion of scientists are very proud of. Right. NASA's full of it. Oh, really? Yeah, all of their probes and things like that. It's not, like, quite fart and shat, but a lot of their stuff has some quirky acronym that is incredibly contrived. They've put adjectives in there. Well, you would like to think, if you're dealing with probes then you, there's room for a bit of toilet humour, surely. There is, and they, they mostly avoid it, so right. fair play to NASA on that, but they definitely come up with some very contrived acronyms. So, two participants found their heads after a single bowel movement, which recurred between 27 and 32 hours after the initial swallowing. So they don't shit for 27 or 32 hours? Yeah, I'm, I mean, well... Is that delaying your shit by doing that, or I don't know? Some people are not that regular. I mean, I know, I know some people. I've got friends that that are not that regular. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty lucky. I'm at least once a day. Yeah, good. Yeah, good for you. Nice. Thank you. Um, I I am too. Yeah, we're in the we're Go in a regular club. Um, yeah, but then again, then then is there room for cheating as well? Is there room for uh, a bit of uh, has someone been pruned? 
You know, uh, would yeah. that be a term? You know, been, no, no they pruning. Been, they haven't been. Have they been juicing? Have they been prune juicing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one participant never found the head. Ah. Oh. Never found it. Right. According to Davis, he had to search his stool every time for two weeks, but then never found it. I presume that meant that he must have just. It must have just. He must have lost it. It must have been inside up one, and he just missed it. Yeah. Because it's just like a pea, isn't it? It's very yeah, you small. can't imagine it's still inside. Because otherwise, they'd be concerned about that, right? Would that come? Is, would that come up on a? Does plastic come up on an X-ray that's that small? I don't know. I think it'd be very hard to detect. Yeah, right. So he's he's just gone through the the the, the, the shit. Yeah, and and missed it. Just had plastic inside him for three days and just wasted his time and everyone else's. I presume it must have come out in one of yeah, like very much like clogged in within something. Right. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been hiding under something. Yeah. And he just missed it under, but... under a GI Joe or something else that he swallowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he swallowed right. so many toys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, it's really like Christmas time with this guy's asshole. Just. <laughs> <laughs> So what does this tell us? Well, for starters, apparently, it suggests that swallowing a Lego head is not super dangerous, at least for a healthy adult, when the participants compared their SHAT scores from before and afterwards. They found that the consistency and frequency of their poos, really, (laughs) had not significantly changed. The authors noted that the uniform roundness of Lego heads might help ease the passage through the body. Repeating the study with sharp objects like Lego legs or torsos will carry a higher likelihood of internal damage or blockage. And so, but look, stop me if I'm wrong here, but this is, these are fully grown adults that are eating Lego. Yes. Surely it would be slightly different for children. So all this does is prove what happens when adults eat Lego. Yeah, I think you can assume that it's fairly similar for children, although their system will be smaller. Yeah. But, but not much smaller. So to me, that just means, you know, uh... Adults are allowed to eat Lego from now on, which wasn't really a big thing that was happening. Well, the other thing they found out is that it's not easy to find objects in your stool after eating them. So maybe they're saying, David says, if an experienced clinician with a PhD is unable to adequately find objects in their own stool, it seems clear we should not be expecting parents to do so. The authors feel that national guidance could include this advice. Oh, okay. So that's another thing they discovered. Right. And so when they released this study... Yes. How many parents are really checking that out? I mean, I, th- I, I don't think parents are going to necessarily benefit, well, but doctors will now know... Doctors, right. If you're, if you go to, if you're a ki- parent of a kid who's swallowed a Lego head and you go to the doctor, I think the doctor can then quite safely say, look, it's going to pass through your kid, probably. If you yeah. don't notice it, don't worry, it would have come out and you would have missed it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because one-sixth of professional doctors couldn't find theirs. Yeah. The major symptom is you, you as parents are going to have to clean your fingernails pretty yes. often. But but don't worry because you're yeah. fine. It'll just go through. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. You can just let it let it go on. Great. So that's the that's the take home from that. Yep. <laughs> that's the good news. I know all, all our listeners are worried about that. It is Christmas. <laughs> a lot of people are getting Lego as presents. Yeah, well, a lot of lot of you know, you're from England. Is that that is that a tradition? Instead of maybe taking the coins out of the what is it, the pudding? Oh you yeah, can put, I you think... can put Lego heads in there now, and it's all fine. <laughs> they can just swallow it yeah. with abandon. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done that or known anyone to do that. Right, but that is a thing that some people do. Is it rice pudding it's meant to be in? 
Rice pudding? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was in... What do you... Because I don't know the names of it, but... Or Christmas pudding with Christmas coins pudding. in it? Yeah, with coins in it. So I, 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 I've learnt most of my knowledge about England from old Wizard and Chip comic books and things like that. You know those comic books? Yeah. Those, like the Beano or whatever. I started typing coins in in Christ and it completed Christmas pudding. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yep. So... Yeah, putting a coin in the pudding is another age-old custom that's said to bring luck to the person that finds it. In the UK, the coin traditionally used was a silver sixpence. The closest coin to that is now a five-pence piece. That's the opposite of inflation. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, that's that's just... that That's not enough money to make it worth your while. You're just fucking up your dessert now, aren't you? Yeah, but also, sixpence... I mean, a five-pence piece is very small. That's very swallowable. Yeah, yeah, like a five cent piece in Australia, yeah. And also coins are notoriously filthy. Yeah, yeah. Like money in general is one of the dirtiest things that we have on us. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been totally. handled by so many people, it's been in and out of machines, yeah. it's been dropped on the floor. And according to my mum, it's been up a Chinaman's bum, so yeah. Do you have that saying? No. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm pretty sure, I, fuck, I hope it's not just my mum. I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm, I hope it's, this is not the way I find out that my mum is just the most racist person in Australia, but, which is saying something. But, but weirdly, specifically racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it was a saying, I'm, I'm sure I've heard other people say this about their parents, but it was a saying that my mum would say, like, don't put that coin in your mouth, it could have been up a Chinaman's bum. So I don't know what she thought Chinamen yeah. did, people from China did as for fun. I mean, I'm going to say, even if your mum didn't invent that saying, that's definitely racist. Oh, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> totally. But at, least, at the very least, she didn't make it up. So she isn't the... The, 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 the instigator. She's yeah, not yeah, great. yeah. She's not the head of any clan or anything like that. She's just repeating what someone's told her. Right. Yep. She's not patient zero for this particular yes. curious... Yeah, yeah, totally. My mum isn't Pauline Hanson, if we all know who that is, but... Um, yeah, anyway, that was that's definitely a saying. You can look, put that up look that up now. Alright. That could have been up a Chinaman's bum. I'm not sure I want to type this. Yeah, that's fair enough. You are using my Wi Fi, so that's something. At least at, at least it'll come back to me. Alright. Coins in Chinaman bum. Fuck. This could, yeah, this could come up with anything. Uh zero there is no fuck please <laughs> please 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 come up with some results don't tell me it's just my mum uh even specifically the use of Chinaman is <laughs> yeah yeah maybe there's more than maybe it's more than coins oh. there yes 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 there you go wait there is exactly there is ex- there are exactly two hits no three hits yes. three hits on yes. google and sure, they're all from my mum's website. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I was advised to not put coins in my mouth because they were made of metal, but they could have been up a Chinaman's bum. There. What? What do they think exactly about the Chinese makes them want to anally smuggle coins? Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> I mean, why is a Chinaman's bum worse than anyone else's bum? Obviously, um, but. Yeah, I don't know why they thought the Chinese had some sort of uh, hoarding system. Yeah, this is an article specifically about Amer- about Australia not acknowledging its racism. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. It goes, at a young age I was taught right from wrong through the usual easy racial epithets. I don't think this is an easy one at all, but anyway. I was advised not to put coins in my mouth, not because they were made of poisonous metal, but because they could have been up, quote, up a Chinaman's bum. 
Yeah, I'm just reading ahead. Don't read too much far ahead, I'd say. There's, <laughs> there's quite a few words there that you don't want to say out loud, I would say. This is, yeah. Yeah. God, Australia, you really go full out on your on your racism. Like, you go very specific and yeah, well, look, unique. Uh, yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, I know Australia cops have a lot that we're particularly racist, but then you see a lot of racism everywhere. Like, to us, it doesn't seem like we're any more than anyone else. But I might be wrong. But, you know, I mean, we, I just, I'm, a big, I'm a big soccer fan. I just saw, you know, the English Premier League footage of uh, Raheem Sterling. Oh, yeah. Absolutely copying it uh, two nights ago or whatever. So, no, um, Britain is definitely not lacking in racism. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like we haven't, like, our politics at the moment is, n- is not great. But I don't think anyone's is around the world at the moment. But I think the far right element is probably worse in America and possibly England than Australia at the moment. Maybe would that be true? So, I don't sorry, know. Say it again. Like the the far right element of, of politics is probably stronger in America and England at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Well, I, I'd say between Trump and Brexit, it definitely stirred yeah. up. Yeah, and both of them definitely empowered a lot of racist people to be more publicly and openly racist. Yeah. I guess my argument here is, yes, we are racist, but no more racist than the other racist places. It's not a strong argument. Uh, it's, it's fully accepting that we're no good, but what I'm trying to say is everyone else is no good as well. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. But, wow, we've all learnt a new expression. Yeah, <laughs> never to be used, hopefully, but you know of it, yeah. Yeah, it's now... Here we go. I'm not even going to link to the articles about it in the show notes. You can... Because that references a lot more racism as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. accept that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I remember my... My Uncle Harry... My great-uncle Harry, when I was a kid, used to sing a song that... That we basically like, sing that Chinaman song. And we loved it. And now looking back, you're like, oh, that is very racist. That is just a straight-up racist song. What? What is the song? It... it, it sorry, is it the song... That a Chinese musician has written, or no, no, no. It's, it's, a, song about... it's a song about, and again, quite, like even the term again, not Chinese man, Chinaman, which yeah. in itself is a very strong pointer that it's about to be very racist. And uh, I, I remember the words Ching Chong in there as well. Right. Let's let's yeah. move on. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's not good. Let's, uh, I always wondered about this. Right, last last thing last about thing this. racism. Last thing about this thing is that just names of things. I always want because, like, like I said, my mum would say that could have been up a Chinese mum. No good. But my dad would say when he, whenever he was talking about like Chinese food or whatever it was, he would or, or Chinese people that had made the food, particularly, he would say, "Oh, I love the food that the that the Chinese make," and that's it sounds racist, but I'm not sure if it is. I just think that's a dumb way of saying something. Chinese. Chinese so, without so, the s. Without the s. That's yeah. Is that racist? I don't know. Is that racist or just dumb? Or just know. a mispronunciation? I think it feels like it's just a mispronunciation, right. but... He would say, the Chinese. Is that better or worse than calling, calling people Oriental? Uh, There's a lot of questions, sorry. I, I know. I, this is a yeah. science podcast, not a... Well, that's a, fine. And it's also questions that I can't answer. Yeah, right, I, right. I'm not qualified... Not that I'm qualified to answer science questions either, but yeah. I'm less qualified to answer these ones. Maybe I should look it up in the dictionary that I misspelled the <laughs> fucking word on the cover. <laughs> How many of them did, would they have printed before the oh, mistake was Oh, man, I don't know. What I do know is that, like, my friend 
uh, that still work there hit me up weeks later to go, man, you got out at the right time because you would have absolutely copped it for this because the whole factory sat around and recovered the dictionary for a full couple of days. <laughs> Fuck. Because it was on the dust, the, the dust jacket. Okay, that's not as bad. So it's not yeah. on the actual bound jacket. Yes. I don't know. No, it wasn't. No, it was on the dust jacket. So the whole factory sat down and re... re uh, that's still uh, miserable, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Oh, that's the worst thing when something goes wrong at your job. Fucking hell. And then you, you're you sitting there and everyone else is in the factory is doing it and you know it's because of you. Fuck, I'm so <laughs> glad I got fired earlier than that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, there are some other things you can put in Christmas pudding, apparently. There's the... Oh, fuck, that's how we got onto this. That is how we yeah, got into right, it. Right. The bachelor's button, which apparently, if a single man found it, they would stay single for the following year. That's weird. Is that supposed to be good or bad? Like, back then? Yeah, that's a bad, I think. That's well, bad. Also, the spinster, spinsters or old maid's thimble, which if a single woman found it, they would they would stay single for the following year. That definitely would have been bad back in the day. Yeah, no, that like was sort of bad. Yeah. Cursed pudding. Yeah. What? Why do we need any of these to happen? And then a ring. If a single person found this, it would mean you would get married in the following year. It can also mean you will be rich for the following year. Mm, okay. But only for the following year. So something horrible is going to happen at the turn of midnight. Yeah. This is a real, like, horoscope. <laughs> this is before they had a horoscope, so they just had puddings. They just had, yeah, they just had desserts <laughs> and metal. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to bring this back. It's the only way they could predict stuff was to hide various trinkets yeah. inside their f- food. Yeah, hide whatever is on the floor of the cupboard in the closet and just chuck it in dessert and then that, and then decide what that means while it's cooking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while we're talking about getting bad news, there is this is a more serious story than swallowing Lego things, but yet another... I think it's been like four episodes in a row now where there's been yet another horrible global warming story and climate change. But apparently the Arctic is doing very badly. The, according to the, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration's Arctic program, the, in the 2018 Arctic report card, Arctic surface air temperatures are warming twice as fast as in the rest of the gro- globe. Populations of wild reindeer and caribou have tumbled by 50% over the last two decades, and the Arctic is setting new records all the time. Air temperatures from 2014 to 2018 were warmer than in any prior date uh, back to 1900. The past 12 years have shown the lowest extents on records of Arctic sea ice, and the Greenland's ice sheet is melting faster than it has in 350 years. Which means the Arctic is no longer returning to the extensively frozen regions of past decades. And And the loss of the region's sea ice as well is drastic. The winter's maximum sea ice of 2018, measured in March was the second lowest in 39 years of record-keeping behind only last year. Well, I didn't think I'd say this, but can we go back to talking about racism <laughs> against Chinese people? Because that was more <laughs> uplifting than this. It's much more uplifting. It's, it is horrifying. And right now, it's snowing in the west coast of America, which is enough to make people go, and they say there's global warming. Mm. Meanwhile, on the other hemisphere, where we are right now, yeah, it's... Unpleasantly roasting. Yes, it's just. I mean, we're just into. I I get scared of summer. I I fucking hate summer. Uh, I my, my parents are in a, on a farm in a, a big farm by themselves, and they're getting on. And I'm all, every summer. I'm always like, fucking hell, this is this is going to be bad news one of these years. I fucking hate. I hate the heat. Whenever whenever it gets to the high thirties, I just associate that with 
absolute fear. Yeah, because I, I feel like it's get it's it is so much worse than it was when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like totally. each summer seems to be hotter with a couple of like fluctuations. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I always compare it to as a kid and thinking, "Fuck, we we did not." I wasn't. I don't remember hiding in the house. Like I literally just hide in the house all day whenever whenever it's bad like that, thirty eight degrees, forty degrees, anything like that. But I have this weird thing where I go to Thailand a lot, where you know, close to the equator, it's always high temperature. But over there, I feel like that's fine. Like every day is going to be really hot, and I, my brain says that's cool because you're on holiday. You're allowed to be hot all the time. But when I'm back in Melbourne, I'm like, this is the fucking worst. I yeah. fucking hate it. I hate it being hot here. Well, because you've got to work and do things in this temperature yeah, here. You yeah. can't just sit in a pool. Yes. And, of course, being comedians, you are not allowed to wear shorts on stage. So it really affects our livelihood as well. Right. Yeah. We're the real victims of this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, forget the polar bears. They're, they're, I'm sure they're not catching any food any day, but, but we're having to swelter on stage for up to five minutes. Oh, it's the worst. It's, um... I, there are comics who sometimes wear shorts on stage, but it looks weird. It's bad. Look, and I'm I'm a big uh, like I, so I I run a bunch of comedy rooms in Melbourne, and so I'm a bit old school with at least that rule. Like, you know, you get your kids trying to come on with songs, and I'm like, look, I don't want to be old man Chandler, but come on. We should point out here that thongs in Australia means flip flops. Yes, sorry, yes, uh, flip flops and, and shorts. Um, yeah, man, it just looks like you're not a pro. It looks like you've just walked in off the street and you're going to ask people for money on stage. And sure, Greg Fleet comedian does that, but the but, rest of us are not supposed to do that. But then Greg Fleet literally does that and asks people for money. That's so. what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he does yeah. it off stage, but sometimes he does it on stage <laughs> as well. He's, um, did you know his daughter's had about 12 birthdays this year? It's interesting. Yeah, anyway. Uh, always, always looking for a present for her, is my point. Gotcha. Yep. yep. Greg, Greg Fleet, just to fill people in. Phenomenal comic. Very funny guy. Very lovely guy. Has his issues with heroin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which he's pretty open about. He's done a whole shows about it. I don't think we're speaking behind his back in any way. Ah, oh, it's the first I've heard about it. But, but anyway. he's, uh... Yeah, he does have a surprising number of emer- emergencies that need coming up for Yes, us. yes, totally, totally. It's, a, it's almost a... Uh, uh, a rite of passage as a comedian in Melbourne to be hit up by Greg Fleet for $20. So, yeah. <laughs> some people are very happy about it and some people avoid it. I've managed to avoid it as, as much as I can, but yeah. Uh, should, we, should we move on from the horrible politics story? fuck. Because this is a fun one. This is... Um, I should see who actually sent this in. A little B story. A little... Oh, I don't know where who sent it in. Sorry, listener. Whoever sent it in, thank you very much, because it's a fun story. But, uh... Oh, Michael Smout. There we go. So all your stories are sent in by listeners, are they? Well, not all of them, but enough normally. It's been a few weeks since we recorded one, so we've got more than enough to cover this episode right. with just ones that people sent in. Because I... So I work on a TV show in Australia where uh, we cover news stories, and what happens is something similar to this mm-hmm. you go in because you go onto science websites as well but you're always looking for news for that night and it's such a pain in the ass because you go f- and find this great you go you go oh great I've got this Lego head story yeah. and then they look at it and go that is six hours too old for us to use and you're like fuck so you've got very strict rules about that so oh um, that's the big advantage you have in science stories is that 
there isn't really such a thing as breaking news. Yes. Yeah, 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 right. It's not like, you know, that Lego head just came out of that scientist's asshole last no, night. they did the experiment months ago, and they just published it. Yes. And it's just been peer-reviewed, yeah. and it's only just been... Oh, beautiful. Then you can say, the a recent, a recent uh, study has yes. said... Fuck, I would love to do this on this TV show instead of it has to be like, this just fucking happened. Oh, man. The, the amount of great stories that you were not allowed to do because it didn't happen six hours ago. It fucking kills me. It's, uh... Yeah, I feel, well, I feel like that writing on Jim's show in America. Oh, of course. Like, yes. Because we're a weekly show, so we'll start writing on stories. You know, we start the process of writing each episode six days beforehand. Because yep. we record on Tuesdays, and then Wednesday morning we start discussing, hey, what might we talk about for this episode? Yes. And we're moving away from topical as much as possible for that reason, because, you know, we'll have an idea on Wednesday and Thursday, and if it's anything political, it's just not current by Saturday. And ever, all the other shows have had a go at it by then. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. So sometimes something breaks on Monday night or or Sunday night, and then you're like, okay, we'll write it up on Monday, or we'll get a jump on all the other shows. Yeah. But... Otherwise, we're just we're going way more general now because it's yeah. So what you're saying is Lego Head is going to end up in the next episode. Lego yeah. Head might make it. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, we're not on for another three months, but you know, <laughs> fuck. If the show comes back and that's on the first episode, okay. we know you guys have gotten fucking I've been desperate. So lazy. <laughs> so lazy. So rebel honeybee workers lay eggs when their queen is away. In a colony of European honeybees, only the queen lays eggs that hatch into female workers who maintain the hive and nurse the young. But at times, a colony experiences periods of queenlessness when the old queen has left and the new one isn't ready. Some of the queens left behind, some of the queens left behind worker daughters, seize this chance to lay their own eggs, and sometimes in an entirely new colony. So the workers' opportunistic egg-laying behavior was discovered in 2012. There you go for something that's right, right, right up to date. Yep, it's only just been published by researchers led by evolutionary biologist Carolina Kozweska of Jesus Christ, how do you pronounce this university? It's in Poland, in Krakow. Uh, Jag- Jagiellonian. I think I, that's a, a, a good guy. I think I'm within a couple of... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm within 20% of how that might be. You've used all the letters. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I use the letters in the right order, whether I hit them correctly in any way. Who knows? Who knows? With no queen around to release the chemicals that stunt workers' ovarian growths... I didn't realise that's what happens. The queen stops the workers from growing The rebel workers can lay eggs. Wow, I could. You know what? I, I'm hearing this story, and I'm saving questions. And that was one of my questions. How did the other ones n- know not to lay any eggs? Apparently, the queen gives off some kind of suppressor chemical. Wow! So they can't. They only... The queen's like some sort of fucking James Bond fucking villain or something. Yeah, stopping anyone from laying anything. So. Since the rebel workers do not mate as a queen bee would, they produce only sons that live only to mate. A departed queen's replacement comes from a group of daughters born to fight one another until one survivor becomes the new queen. Rebel workers are more adventurous than normal worker bees, the new study shows. When researchers track bees that were raised without queens, 21-39% to 39% of rebel workers flew to one of dozens of other colonies, compared to 3 to 8% of normal workers. So no surprise, those rebel workers 
were also more likely to infiltrate colonies that had no queen. The researchers suggest this may be a way for rebel workers to shift the burden of nursing their sons to another colony, which is a form of reproductive parasitism. So Benjamin Oldroyd, who's an evolutionary biologist at Sydney, who wasn't involved in the study, said, When there's a queen present, the worker's best strategy is to work for the colony. When queenless, it can be better to try and parasitize other colonies. Fuck. Weird. It is weird. I, I, that's, the most surprising part of that for me is not the new discovery, is what you just flagged up. Yeah. Which is that queens sort of dominate the entire hive by pumping out some kind of chemical that stops ovaries from growing in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to have that skill is... is <laughs> well, put it this way. Those, those other bees would be getting a lot of those uh, coins in their Christmas pudding next year. The ones that say yeah. that they're single or whatever. Well, barren ones. Yeah, barren, barren, barren coins or barren... <laughs> um, I wonder if you could if you collect enough of that scent or chemical or whatever it is, you can use it as a contraceptive. Yes! Like, you get the honey from bees. Why can't you get contraceptive from bees as yeah. well? Just rub this on you and it'll stop your ovaries from doing yeah. it for a couple of years. Fuck. That's, yeah, fuck, we've been misusing bees over the years. We have. What a waste of bees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, a great, that's why, a great point. Why are we just using bees for a spread? Yeah. Well, we could use them for family planning. Yeah, just how many bees do you need to, to complete an abortion, I wonder? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure if you have several thousand bees with you in the bedroom, there's little chance of having yeah, a baby anyway. Right, that's more preventative than the cure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. That does get in the way of... Um, I, was in, I was in Adelaide and went to Adelaide Museum a few days ago. Oh, by the way, uh, hey everyone who's come out from Probably Science to the shows I've done out here. I saw some of you in Melbourne and some of you in Adelaide. It was really nice to meet you. But, uh, so I... I was in... Oh, and, and Sydney. I saw some people in Sydney too. Hey guys. Uh, but Adelaide's museum has an exhibit that is just bees. Right. <laughs> and it's like... They actually have a similar one in the Horniman Museum in South London... But it's just a hive, but the front of the hive is covered in clear perspex. You can see into it. And then they have like a tube coming out of the hive that goes to the outside of the window. And it's all clear plastic. So it's basically, the hive is indoors, and but the route in and out of the outside is through this perspex tube that you can see through. So you basically just spend some time just looking really closely at bees. Yeah, right, right. And they're flying in and out, and they're just, you know, jumping over each other and that kind of thing. Yeah. But... It's it, just like a butterfly house, but for bees. Yeah, but it's all behind perspex, so you can, you know, you can get right up to, you know, inches away from them, but you're protected from it. Great. So th- that's being, yeah, what you need to change from the butter house idea because you <laughs> don't want to be amongst the bees yeah, yeah that's why your bee house failed yeah yeah, yeah. remember it, you know you just send the kids in there and then there's just thousands of bees yeah yeah that was um not a lot of repeat customers yeah no i mean you got the money initially yeah fair play to you you got it started yeah they either chose not to come back or could not physically come back <laughs> yeah yeah uh but, but it did make me re- Realize, like, if I don't like bees. I, I, I know they're very valuable and they, they're very important to the ecosystem. 
but it was nerve-wracking being that close to them even though I was protected. Yeah. And it made me realise how terrifying... Like, people who do a beard of bees. Yeah. Like, how much self-control you have to have to just stand in there and... Yeah, and... I mean, do people still do beards of bees? I'm pretty sure they do. Because that definitely... Like, if they've gotten rid of coins in puddings, they should definitely have gotten rid of beards of bees. Um, because, I mean, us just talking about <laughs> coins in puddings, we're going, fuck, as if you would do that. They're dirty, uh, you can swallow them, it's a stupid antiquated sort of a, a, a old-school horoscope that we don't need anymore, but people are still going, no, 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 beard of bees is a good idea. Uh, the first thing... Uh, the, the first thing it auto-completed when I started typing most recent bearded bees was most recent bearded president. Oh. Who it turns out, the last president to wear a full beard in office. Pause the podcast right now if you want to try and guess. All right, we're back. It was Benjamin Harrison who served from 1889 to 1893. And who's the most recent bearded beard of bees president? <laughs> uh, beard... Has, oh, it, has a president ever had a beard of bees? I don't know if they have, actually. And Democrats, I know the primaries are going to be coming around very soon. You're going to need something spectacular <laughs> to make sure you take on Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, you're trying to, if you're trying to appeal to people who want a really bad person as their president, someone with a beard of bees would be comparable to Trump. You would definitely draw a crowd, and I would say CNN would find you compelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd get the idiot vote, maybe. Some <laughs> of the idiot vote off Trump. Yeah. You would definitely... Yeah, you'd get the idiot vote. You'd get Guinness sponsorship, which is crucial. Right. Why would you get Guinness sponsorship? Well, because they... Oh, because of the Book of Records, of course. Yes. Yeah. Although maybe you then need a record beard of bees. Yeah. Not just an average, smallish beard of bees. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to look up the Beard of Bees world record. So uh, the, the world record would just be the amount of I, bees. So the, the, the poor, I would say the, there's records for amount and duration. Duration, of course. Right. And that duration, that's the easy job for Guinness. Counting bees. Counting bees the, is hard, yeah. That's I don't the know. tough job. Uh, Phil McCabe. Uh, this is in the Irish Times. Phil McCabe, Ireland's bee man... Uh, and there's a picture of him entirely covered in bees. Mm. But, a picture of him. But this is his, this is his obituary. <laughs> uh, but it does look like... Hey, he, what did he die of? Quick, let's find <laughs> out. It, out. it apparently wasn't a bee-related illness. Oh, really? No. Phil McCabe, who has died sh- suddenly after a short illness, well, it doesn't, was the best-known and most respected expert in beekeeping... Was the short illness brought on by one million stings to his face? (laughs) Because I would say that's bee-related. Oh, well, you can connect anything to that if if you're using that logic. Come on, now. There's no necessary reason that the one million stings to his face are connected to the million bees that he had on his face. Does it say... Is there anything there? Does it say why? It was just after a short illness, it says. But it doesn't say what the illness was. It does not. Well, hang on, let's see. So his... So he, he reached his largest audience through his regular contributions to Mooney Goes Wild on RTE Radio 1, where he kept listeners informed and entertained with his beekeeping tips and stories. Was he sprayed with an overdose of birth control from the <laughs> Queen Bee? His ovaries dried up. Yeah. 
McCabe was the main driver behind the successful bid to bring the Appimondia World Conference of Beekeepers to the RDS in Ballsbridge in August 2005. Uh, at that opening event, he spoke about the direct impact of declining bee numbers to human existence. Well, that is a thing. That's an important thing. Bee numbers declining. Mm. He explained how one third of all food produced in the world is pollinated and 70% of that work is carried out by honeybees. Just a, just a great voice, though, to, to put that message out there. Guys, it's really serious. The world needs bees. Numbers are declining. Anyway, I'm going to put one billion of them on my face right now. Oh, you're taking this one seriously? Yeah. You, you think if they're that necessary for horticulture, you probably want them to be out in the wild yeah, rather yeah. than... Yeah, yeah. your chin. body. <laughs> it seems like you've got a few spare just looking at your face right now. Shouldn't they be doing something more yeah. important? Shouldn't you be running behind between fields right now? Yeah. Go you get your own beard and let them do their job and, and save the fucking world. It does not say anything about how he died. But he did... That's definitely be related then. If, so, they're, stay, if they're keeping that off the bio, they're, 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 this, is, this is Big B. Big B's talking yeah. here. Trying to make it look like the, the easiest job in the world to stick bees to your face. It's not deadly, it's fine. This it's guy, a cover-up. This guy died in his sleep under one billion bees. But, yeah. Under a bee blanket. Yeah. <laughs> in his bee bed. Yeah. When he, he died when trying to shave off some of the bees with his razor. <laughs> <laughs> and his razor was made of bees, by the way. So, yeah, that was the problem. Uh, so, in 2005, he attempted to beat the Guinness Book of Records for the largest number of bees attached to his body in what is called a bee beard. Recorded... I, I think it's actually called a beard of bees, but uh-huh. either works. Reco- it just sounds like a stutter otherwise, doesn't it? His yeah. bee beard. <laughs> <laughs> Recorded live for the Mooney Goes Wild program and later included in the RTE Radio 1 documentary on McCabe, The Bee Man, the feet saw him dressed only in his underpants, protective goggles, and a back brace to support the weight of the bees. Oh, man. While beekeepers released thousands of bees which then attached themselves to McCabe. He didn't beat the world record. Oh, God. But he did raise funds for the international charities uh, Botha and Bees for Development. I'm sure I pronounced that first word wrongly because it's Irish. Uh, yeah. Who set up this competition where they said, this is the way to have the biggest beard. By the way, you can only be in your underwear. You need to only, you <laughs> yeah. need to take all your clothes off. How the fuck does that work? Because otherwise it wouldn't be sexy. <laughs> right, 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 right. This is like the swimsuit competition of the the bee beard. Yeah, he also has to talk about his hopes and fears and answer questions to the judges. Right. The judges also being bees. Right, right. He has to talk about world peace whilst just being in his wife runs and one doing <laughs> bees on his body. Right, okay, right. I can't think of... The only thing I can think of worse than having a beard of bees is failing to beat the record. Yeah. In your, uh, losing in your underwear. <laughs> in your underwear, covered bees. What is that? I, I genuinely don't know why. Surely if you're going to have a beard of bees, you need as much pr- protective clothing. Like you just said, you went to see the bees. There's perspect in between you. This guy is being recommended to take all of these clothes off before the bees go onto his maybe, body. Maybe that's one of Guinness's rules there. Fuck. They're sexy rules. They really want to make you earn the record. Right. Uh, bit, I don't know, maybe there is a thing about you can't have loose clothing because what if the bee gets oh, what underneath if you, it? What if you start putting a few bees in your pocket and taking them home with you? you they don't want people shoplifting bees. Oh, yeah, because it's going to be hard to count the number of bees in yeah, and out. Yeah, right, okay. Well, that makes complete sense. <laughs> I'll withdraw my question. Uh, 
there's uh, I don't know if we have time to fit one more story, but like since I was just in Adelaide, uh, Adelaide will be the home of Australia's new space agency. Right. They're they're almost futuristic city. Totally. Uh, they're not. There is. They do have in Adelaide Museum. There was also Andy Thomas, who was an Adelaide-born Australian astronaut. I think Australia's first person on the space station. Yes. Yeah. So that was all they needed to have a wing of the Adelaide Museum that was just space. Right. Yep. Uh, our very first satellite says someone in this article says Minister for Industry, Science, and Technology Karen Andrews. Our first satellite was launched into space from how do you pronounce that town? Woomera. Woomera. There yep. you go. In just over half a century ago, so South Australia has demonstrated a very long history in space. Now, look, this is this is sort of, to, to your, I guess most of your listeners are, is it English or American? Uh, I'd say we've got more American listeners than anywhere else, but that's just because there's more Americans than... Yes, okay. Well, to you uh, American listeners, having Adelaide as your, as your big space capital is like in America having... What's a bad town? Somewhere, somewhere near the Mississippi. Is being is is where the is where NASA's headquarters should be set, setting up. Right, like somewhere in the deep south where people marry people that they meet at family reunions, maybe <laughs> that sort of thing. That's it, that doesn't seem like a very good idea. And I I feel like I'm I, of course I'm insulting uh, people from Adelaide, and I'm doing that on purpose because fuck <laughs> those people <laughs> because they don't buy tickets to our show. I have I have heard that they are. I I had a nice time there, but it was definitely. Not the easiest place to get an audience. Yes. Now, we we were talking about this before off-air, but uh, my podcast called The Little Dum Dum Club, we, uh, over the years, have, have really struggled to sell tickets in Adelaide. Uh, they have a small-town mentality. They want to buy tickets on the night. They don't want to buy pre-sales. So that means that we're rocking into Adelaide going, fuck, I hope more than 10 people turn up. And then, uh, so we this year we went... Fuck Adelaide. So we put an Adelaide show on sale. People from Adelaide went, oh, great. And then we immediately moved it to Melbourne. So we called it our <laughs> live Adelaide podcast in Melbourne. And then it sold really well. And we went, we are completely justified. Fuck you, Adelaide. And we sold out a venue. And we, we, it was basically just so we could sell out an Adelaide show in advance. We technically <laughs> did do that for the first time ever. Yeah. Carl, we've got to wrap it up. But yep. Where can our listeners find you apart from Little Dum Dum Club, obviously? Yeah, littledumdumclub.com. Uh, we've got like 450 episodes or something like that. Uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that sort of stuff for, for my comedy as well. Uh, if you live in Melbourne, hey, I run a bunch of um, uh, stand-up comedy rooms, of, of which you are going to do one. Um, I am. It'll be... It'll be... You'll be listening to this after the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. But, uh, yeah, whenever someone um, cool comes into town like you or whoever else, uh, and also we have the biggest names in Australia always dropping in. So, uh, yeah, look for Comedy Explain, look for Thursday Comedy Club, and look for Basement Comedy Club in Melbourne. That's awesome. Listeners, uh, thanks for indulging the slightly lower sound quality on the Zoom recorder. I hope it sounded okay. Uh, we, You can message us, as always, probably science at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Twitter at Probably Science. You can find me at Matt Kirshen, Andy at Andy T. Wood. We'll be back. Uh, I don't know when we'll be back. I'm going to maybe try and do one more episode on the road just to cover us all the way through Christmas because I'm not going to be back in America. To... You don't need to know all this stuff. This is admin. It's bullshit. Thank you, Carl, for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you, listeners. See ya. See ya.